G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Thank you for joining me, Mark. It's great to be with you, Daniel. Australians are responding in a variety of ways to the threat of extreme ideological Islam. Uh, Some people are responding with hostility. Uh, Some politicians are proposing a ban on the burqa and, and things like that. On the other side, we have people like the Victorian Premier Dennis Napthine or the US President Barack Obama saying that the violence committed by extremists really has nothing to do with Islam at all. So how can we know where the truth lies and, and how should we talk seriously and honestly about Islam without giving in to fear or hatred? Well, Daniel, I think it is the case that uh, many of the acts of groups like ISIS or the Islamic State can be traced back to the teachings of of Muhammad and the teachings of uh, core principles of Islam. There is an issue there. But but for the majority of Muslims in Australia, they would see these sorts of actions as having nothing to do with Islam. So they would want to dissociate themselves from this. And um, it's important not to tar all Muslims with the same brush, even if, for example, you can find precedents in the life of Muhammad for beheading people or selling people and so on. Um, most ordinary Muslims are, are not are not kind of across that or aware of those connections. I think uh, being afraid is a really bad response to these sorts of events. The, those radical jihadis, they want to make us afraid. They want us to be so intimidated we will give in, or even that we'll hate so much that a conflict will break out and there'll be a fight because they believe they'll win that. I don't think it's helpful to ban the burqa or impose restrictions on, you might say, fairly ordinary practice of Islam by Muslims, but we certainly should take very seriously the radicalization. Uh, that is, um, particular religious leaders preaching activation for jihad amongst young people. That's a very serious threat and needs to be addressed quite vigorously by Australia. Mm. A few days ago on your blog, you commented uh, on the, the social media movement involving young Muslims uh, and the hashtag, not in my name. Um, and I was very interested too in what you wrote about uh, what is a Christian response to all this. Um, how do we as Christians engage with and relate to our, our Muslim neighbours? I think the not in my name movement is a sign that many Muslims do find the actions of the Islamic State repugnant. And they really uh, want the world to know that, as far as they're concerned, these actions have nothing to do with their religion. They, they're not, they have no desire to defend these actions. In fact, they reject them. One of the, the really big challenges for Christians to relate to Islam and Muslims is to, firstly, to acknowledge the truth. You know, there are problems, there are bad things in the life of Muhammad in, in the Quran that, that actually motivate some of these atrocities. The ISIS fighters are you know, all Muslims. So there's no kind of Buddhists fighting for them. It's a, it is an Islamic issue. Um, but at the same time, we need love. Like, 
it's really important not to be defined by fear. It's important to reach out to your Muslim neighbour. It's important to realise that most Muslims just want to get on with their lives. Uh, it's important to build bridges. So we have to hold these both together, truth and love together. And it's so easy just to go for one or the other. Mm. One of the suspected terrorists arrested recently was wearing a T-shirt saying, I found Prophet Jesus in the Quran." Theologically, must there always be conflict between Islam and Christianity, or is there important ground? Can we find Jesus in the Quran? The Islamic view is that Jesus was a Muslim prophet, and he taught a, a path to God that leads us to Muhammad. So if you really want to follow the Jesus of the Quran, you'd become a Sharia-compliant Muslim who believes in Muhammad. Islam teaches that when Jesus returns, he will, with the sword, fight against anyone who doesn't follow Muhammad, and Muhammad said that he will destroy the cross. So that Jesus that that man found in the Quran is the Jesus who will destroy Christianity. And um, that's a, a, a strategy that's used by Muslims to convert people from a Christian background into the Islamic faith. But I would say it's a very different Jesus. I've, I've actually written a book that deals with this called um, Which God? And uh, I explain at some length that the Islamic Jesus that is found in the Quran is a very different figure from the Jesus of Nazareth, the historical Jesus of the Gospels. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts, or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.